Chapter Fourteen of Neighbours by Florence Morse Kingsley. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mrs. Wessels, her face drawn into myriad puckers of protest, stripped the suds from her red fingers and straightened her long, lank back, which appeared more or less permanently bowed by much stooping over laundry tubs. You ain't never going to take that there baby out today in all this sun and wind, be you? she inquired. Mrs. Pettibone repeated her statement to that effect, adding a request that Mrs. Wessels should assist in lowering the baby carriage down the parsonage front steps. Mrs. Wessels gazed searchingly at the minister's wife. Say, there's one thing I'd like to know first off. Was that baby took up to the attic before you brought him downstairs? Why, of course not, replied Mrs. Pettibone with some impatience. Why should the baby be taken to the attic? I might a knowed she wouldn't a took the trouble, mourned Mrs. Wessels, rolling up her eyes to the ceiling. Oh, I ought to attend it to that myself before it was too late. What with you on the flat of your back, and Mr. Pettibone likely never knowing nothing, no more than the child. That nurse from Boston was enough to make a body forget to say their prayers, let alone looking after other folks's children. Says I to Wessels, that dratted woman, I says, is what I call the living limit. I had all I could do a stomach her sass, and I wouldn't have neither if it hadn't been for you a laying upstairs on your dying bed. But I didn't die, protested Mrs. Pettibone. I'm alive and well, and so is Baby. He's gained half a pound this week, Louisa. Oh, you don't say. Well, I suppose twon't hurt none to tell you now. But I never looked to see you round this kitchen again. Says I to Wessels, poor Mr. Pettibone's going to get bereaved a second time, I says. But where there's a second, there'll generally be a third, I says. They kind of get the habit, not that it's a bad one, what with widders and old maids aplenty. I guess you know how that is yourself. Hmm? What about taking the baby to the attic? Tactfully interrupted the second, Mrs. Pettibone. I guess you ain't lived all these years without knowing that sign. You haven't heard it, eh? Well, I want no. Of course, it's too late for that baby of yours now. But in case there was ever another, <clears throat> well, you got to take them upstairs before you take them down, or else they'll come down in the world instead of rising. I recollect we didn't have no attic to the house where most of my children were born, but I says to Wessels, you can take them up to the roof, I says. Yes, ma'am, catch me neglecting my children. Wessels kind of hated to try it, but I says to him, you get the ladder, I says, and set it right by me window, I says, and I'll aunt Georgie out as you go past. I borned this here baby, I says, and it's your part to see to it he gets ahead in the world. <laughs> Suppose I should drop him, says Wessels. Don't you durst, I says. I'm bound and determined to have our Georgie go up in the world, I says. And on just account of that, there ain't a smarter boy in this here town than my Georgie. I ain't a going to be surprised to see him president some of these days. <laughs> 
how bet the time was when theodore roosevelt and woodrow wilson was just the same age as my georgie and wore their knee pants and like that and had to learn the difference between eight times seven and six times nine if if there is one a georgie says there is my he's a knownest boy now if you'll help me lift the baby carriage down the steps interrupted mrs pettibone did that critter from boston tell you a stray dog come along and dug a hole right in under your bedroom window the very next day after he was born demanded mrs wessels but mrs pettibone pretended not to hear being already embarked upon her first proud maternal pilgrimage pushing the perambulator which seemed to have grown surprisingly heavy during its long sojourn in the attic yes mum twas a yeller dog i never seen before he run right in the yard where i was hanging out with dish towels and i drove him off came mrs wessel's pursuing voice but he come right back and the next thing i knowed when i stepped out to throw some potato peels in the swill pail there he was large as life sitting by the edge of a grave he dug and howling to beat the cars i never knowed it to fail miss pettibone inside of a year anyhow so if anything happens to the baby remember you got your warning the last words borne on the warm may wind reached mrs pettibone's ears like a hateful echo of her own thoughts she stooped to tuck the blankets more snugly about the sleeping child i'm not afraid she said to herself i'm not going to think about losing him just because i love him so doesn't mean that god will take him away god isn't like that at family prayers that morning a function which had been resumed as soon as she was able to come downstairs she had listened to her husband's voice reading the decalogue of course she had known the commandments ever since she could remember but one phrase had sounded insistently in her ears while she bathed and dressed the baby for i the lord thy god am a jealous god suppose it should be true after the baby had lapsed into rosy slumber she tucked him into his carriage and pattered softly away to her mecca before the door of mr pettibone's study she paused uncertainly he would be busy writing his sunday sermon she knew and there was to be a funeral at eleven he looked up abstractedly as she timidly opened the door ah my dear what is it i wanted to ask you something she faltered it'll only take a minute and you couldn't wait for that minute then it must be something important he inferred he held out his hand to her kindly it is important to me and yes to you and the baby well he surveyed her thoughtfully this small woman who had once seemed a wholly negligible personality to most people in innisfield including himself had latterly grown to be of paramount interest to many persons and more nay most particularly to himself she had become his second wife she was rapidly becoming his second self he recognised that self in the question she tremulously put to him why is god jealous he tapped his paper thoughtfully with his pencil mr pettibone preferred a pencil with an eraser for composition 
the eraser gave one a pleasant sense of freedom it appeared to make written thoughts more easily malleable like clay in the hands of the sculptor thought advanced to the dignity of ink then to type which may yet be changed and then to the inviolable plate approaches the fixed state of marble when what is made is made be it good or ill you are thinking he said of the decalogue i read this morning yes she breathed and afterwards i was afraid i am too happy perhaps and if god my dear philura he said gravely it is a seemingly unfortunate characteristic of the human mind that our highest convictions our most illumined aspirations seldom remain in a fixed state we attain the heights only to slip back again into the depths whence we have so hopefully emerged but a little while before go back in your experience my dear and recall the days when you found that god was kind and even lavishly generous in the matter of gowns and um, husbands there was a glint of humour in the eyes he lifted to hers but with it appeared a shadow of real anxiety don't fail me my dear he went on still more seriously i shall continue to have need of your optimism and your strong faith as to the word jealous it is perhaps unfortunately translated there's no hint there of the cruel suspicion we mortals call jealousy say rather vigilant or watchful i the lord thy god am a vigilant god you are quite right in being happy if you are happy his eyes questioned her keenly oh i am i am she cried clasping her hands passionately and yet your lot in life is not an easy one he sighed oh, if one could only be rid once and for all of being afraid she said after a longish pause i believe we shall some time or other he murmured abstractedly fear has come up with us from the jungle of creation it pads pads after us like a velvet-footed beast in the dark but the beast will all be put under our feet once we emerge into the glorious liberty of the sons of god his pencil once more began to move rapidly over the paper he had forgotten her presence perceiving which she slipped away to the kitchen where mrs wessels after a third heartening cup of tea had resumed a belated washing i don't see how people can live who are always thinking and talking of bad signs said mrs pettibone to herself as she once more put the perambulator into motion she blushed as she recalled her own unreasoning anxiety to glimpse the new moon over her right shoulder oh yes and i prefer to pick up a pin with its head towards me and i cried once when i broke a looking-glass and mother did die that same year but of course it wasn't the looking-glass and now just because a yellow dog i'm ashamed ashamed to be so silly our god is vigilant a vigilant god i must remember that in him i live and move and have my being i mustn't forget even for a minute 
she stopped first at the butcher's for a modest purchase receiving with smiles and blushes the heartfelt congratulations of that worthy purveyor of flesh foods it certainly does seem good to see you out with the little market wagon of yours once more said mr kelly as he cut and trimmed the three lamb chops she had ordered with scrupulous care his rotund person and broad red face appeared to radiate hearty good will as he handed the small neat parcel to mrs pettibone who tucked it carefully under the blankets i suppose i can take a peek eh oh my my what a fine fat baby going to look exactly like the dominie ain't it <laughs> mrs pettibone fervently hoped so whatever became of the other little chap pursued mr kelly oh, say that was tough his folks taking him away after you and the dominie had put yourselves out the way you done to raise him oh stephen is well said mrs pettibone her bright face clouding a little i had a letter from mrs maitland only the other day they're living in chicago you know she patted the blue and white coverlid which had once brooded another treasure we felt it was right his parents should have him she said but i i it, it was like losing a child when they took him i'll bet it was agreed mr kelly warmly he was a fine little chap and no mistake well <laughs> i guess now you've got one of your own you'll never miss him philura pettibone allowed the statement to pass unchallenged it was merely an echo of a widespread parochial opinion mrs buckthorn indeed had congratulated her upon the loss of her adopted child a smiling providence she called it adding you ought to be glad and thankful that that child's provided for philura but mrs pettibone could not help picturing to herself the beautiful little figure of stephen as he looked in the photograph his mother had sent her he'd be large enough by now to trot alongside the perambulator but the lord our god was a vigilant god and he had seen to it that stephen was restored to his young mother End of chapter fourteen